Before I start on the long journey that I'll share with you in this podcast, I want to take a slight pit stop, if you will, and share with you my original inspiration. However, instead of explaining it to you and, well, you listening to it, I wanted to ask you a quick question before we start. Here it is. When I say the phrase distracted driving, what do you think of? It could be anything really, and normally this question would be a rhetorical one. Hi everyone, this is the Distraction Free Lane podcast. My name is Megan, a Girl Scout ambassador exploring the other sides of distracted driving to promote car safety awareness. Thank you for joining me again for this episode. Or really, welcome to the episode after the intro, but before episode one. Now it's time to hear your responses. So the question I asked, When I say the phrase, distracted driving, what do you think of? Texting. Accidents. Disaster. I think of my phone and how easily I can pick it up at any time. When I think of distracted driving, I think of not paying attention to the road while driving. Texting. Texting, very obviously. Uh, Taking a phone call where you're holding the phone up to your ear would be distracted driving. So listening to music doesn't necessarily indicate that the person who is listening and driving is distracted. But if in the process of listening, they begin to veer off the road or stop paying attention, then they are distracted. That's what I think of when I think of distracted driving. I think of eating or using my cell phone or talking to people when I'm driving. When I think about distracted driving, I really just think of anything at all that would take your attention away from the road. So texting, calling, or even eating, I would all consider distracted driving. When I think of distracted driving, I immediately think of cognitive distractions, social distractions, and mental distractions. When I hear the phrase distracted driving, I think about uh, people texting while driving like looking at their phones while driving. I've seen people watch videos while they're driving, like eating while driving, drinking while driving, of of the non-alcoholic variety, Um, but also, I guess, alcohol. Alcohol impairs judgment and ability to pay attention, so I guess that could count as distracted driving. Um, Yeah. People doing other things while driving, being on their phone, talking on the phone, doing anything other than driving while driving. When I think of the term distracted driving, it's basically having your attention diverted from the road by any sort of distraction, such as your phone, such as trying to eat food or being distracted by a passenger, maybe someone in the back who have you take your full attention away from the road. People are generally able to multitask, but sometimes you have a situation where you just can't and you have to divert your attention away from driving, and that's what creates distracted driving and creates accidents or at least that's kind of my view on it. Like uh, one time my friend was looking briefly at her phone and she was, we were stopped at a light, but she forgot that she had her foot on the brake pedal. So she let go of it and we rear ended the person in front of us. So 
it's not even like when it's any time that you're behind the wheel, even if you're not actively driving. It's these responses from teenagers, parents, community members, and teachers alike that motivate me for this podcast. The biggest issue I find with distracted driving is that past intervention methods are not as effective now as compared to before. And it seems like I'm coming off strong or blunt when I say that, but a lot of the public service announcements, or PSAs for example, do show the harsh reality. And the best ones are the ones that shock you and make you think of your choices. But we don't often think about the effects on younger audiences. And by younger, I mean younger than teenagers. And how, for some, it can cause a fear of driving. I agree that PSAs were effective in reducing a massive amount of car crash fatalities for our younger generations especially between 2010 and 2016. But these past intervention methods will not always last in our constantly evolving society. And for some, a lot of these interventions come off as repetitive. A study by AT&T in 2012 found that 97% of teenagers know not to text and drive. And that was in 2012 makes you question, did that number go up now, or is it still the same? The point is, we know that it's an issue. Don't text and drive. How many of you have seen the don't text and drive signs placed on the highways? And I hope that everyone has seen it. I've seen it for as long as I can remember. And you may be wondering then, why is distracted driving still an issue if we know it's wrong to text and drive? If it's wrong to take our eyes off the road, wrong to drive when you are emotional or even tired at night. Now that is a more difficult question, because suddenly the issue is more than stopping teenagers from texting and driving, but examining why they still text. And now I want to bring in a story. It has nothing to do with distracted driving, but has everything to do with it at the same time. Here, let me tell you. When I was five, I guess I really wanted to be a fashion designer. And I meant that by sarcasm. What happened was, I used to love taking scissors and making designs into my clothing. First time it happened, my mom gave me a warning. But I just found a way to be more sneaky about it. The second time it happened, my mom explained to me why it was important that I would stop doing it. Because one, I have to take value for the things I have in my life. And two, she was worried about my safety. She didn't want me to cut myself. And so, it wasn't until I actually hurt myself with the pair of scissors. It, w- it was when I stopped. When I hurt myself. And so, my point is, there will still be teenagers who will just be more sneaky as more policies pass, as more stricter policies pass. And so it brings in, at what point does it take for us to stop texting and driving until we get into an accident, until we hurt ourselves? Because we have PSAs that explain why don't text and drive, yet there's still many of us who still do it. And so it's important for people to support policies, to go out there and advocate. 
because it should never take a car accident for us to truly realize how important to not text and drive is. And that is the purpose of this podcast, to examine the why while advocating for safe driving practices. And to answer some questions, is it the peer pressure or the constant culture of instant gratification that explains why teenagers are still distracted behind the wheel? And that was my main question that I hope we can answer together on this journey. Thank you for listening, and be sure to check the link in the description to see more, such as a more in-depth brochure that I made, my attributions and citations in the making of this episode, and a pledge that you can sign and share on social media using the hashtag DistractionFreeLane. Thank you for joining me in this sub-episode special, and see you next time on Distraction Free Lane. Thank you.